We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. It is 9 o'clock Pacific time on Wednesday, which, as you know, our new summer schedule, Mondays and Wednesdays, 9 o'clock Pacific time. We go live. Yes, there is a playoff game going on right now. We are keeping an eye on it, Bucks and Bulls. We will be keeping an eye on it throughout the show until that game is over. As of right now, it is Chicago, including our own Alex Caruso, former Laker, up 105 to 97 on the Bucks, but we'll keep some tabs on that as we go through our show here. Not a lot to talk about tonight. We want to talk a little bit about playoff basketball and how far away from that the Lakers actually are. There's some new trade rumors and things like that going around as well. So if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, you're listening maybe tomorrow. Make sure that you do go subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. I love getting those reviews coming in on Apple Podcasts. So great to read. Uh, And don't forget to give us that five-star rating as well. We certainly appreciate it. Joining me tonight, Sean Davis from LakersNation.com. Welcome in, Sean. The chat is already going crazy. Aw, yeah. Thanks, chat. Thanks, chat, for going crazy for me. But hey, man, thanks for having me on. And yeah... Alex Caruso, go figure. He's playing really, really well on a playoff game. I miss him so much. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Certainly the Lakers should not have let him go. We've talked all about this, and I don't want to relitigate this whole thing, but it made no sense. If you are the seventh most valuable sports franchise on the planet, talking about all those massive soccer franchises, NFL teams. No, the Lakers are the seventh most valuable sports franchise on the planet. You don't make moves because of money, and Alex Caruso was a money decision for the Lakers. They let him go, and now here he is in the playoffs doing things for the Chicago Bulls. But, again, I'm not going to relive too much of that pain at this moment. Uh, Before we dive into our Lakers talk tonight, though, let's talk a little bit about the playoffs, playoff update. The Celtics got a win. Celtics got a win over uh, over the Nets, and that was... It's what I expected. Somebody mentioned in the chat that I picked the, the Celtics to win in five. I did indeed. That was my prediction coming into the series. Wow. What? 
Oh yeah, really? I picked Celtics in five on that one. Wow. I thought, I looking at the matchup, I didn't think the Nets matched up very well with the Celtics, given the the Celtics' strengths in the defensive okay. end, and and just team first ISO ball with the Nets against the. I'm sorry, team first ball with the Celtics against the the ISO ball of the Nets. I didn't think it was going to work out great. Uh, I think Ben Simmons coming back could give the Nets a little bit of size, which I do think they need, but. Still, the the Nets, and part of this was due to the Celtics. The Celtics' defense was, of course, fantastic, uh, but the Nets really collapsed in the fourth quarter, and now it's a 2-0 series heading back to Brooklyn. You don't want to count out Kyrie or, or KD, but uh, the Celtics, this is not what I want to see. The Celtics are looking pretty strong. I mean, cheers to you, because if you had told me Celtics in five a week ago, I would have called you crazy, but <laughs> cheers to you, man. Um but no, man, I mean, it's been such a long time since I've seen And again, credit to you, I guess, in Boston. Um, they just have the length and size. But I haven't seen a team play KD that hard in such a long time. Like, it's every single time. Because, I mean, like, like you mentioned, they, they, the Nets like to go a lot of ball screens, a lot of ISOs. But when they do their ball screens, they're trying to get you to switch. But if you switch on Boston, like, you're going from Tatum to mm-hmm. Al Horford. Or you're going from... Marcus Smart to Jalen Brown, like you can't switch on the Celtics. Even when they go to the bench, like it's Derek White, it's uh, it's Grant Williams. He played phenomenal today. Um, yeah, again, cheers to you. But yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty unreal that the that Al Horford at 35 years old is looking as spry as he is right now. He's been absolutely phenomenal uh, for them. And now the Celtics are in a really good spot, and we'll see what happens moving forward with that. Again, the series does shift back to Brooklyn, so we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Nets get the two, get two at home, and then we've got a series. Look, I went into the playoffs with a anyone but the Clippers or the Celtics mentality. We're halfway there. I need somebody to knock out the Celtics. I don't think it's going to be the Nets. Maybe it'll be the Bucs, but now here they are looking like they're going to lose to Chicago here in this one. Can the Bucs get it done against the Celtics maybe in the next round if they get through? I don't know. Somebody in the East, please stop the Celtics, and then I can just watch the playoffs in peace. Although, you know what, Sean? I've had a lot of Lakers fans say it's the Celtics, the Clippers, and the Suns now that Lakers fans have to root against. I don't necessarily feel that way about the Suns. Where where do you stand on that? I don't know how any grudges against the Suns. I understand why Lakers fans may feel a certain way, because... Jay Crowder campaign, all the trolling and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I completely understand, but uh, man, I was about to be really cocky and arrogant, but I'll, I'll, I'll refrain from that statement for now. But uh, no, I don't have a problem with the Suns. But going back to your Celtics thing, well, good for you, man. My pick for the finals the entire year has been Miami Golden State, so I guess we have nothing to worry about there with yeah. the Celtics. I, I would be, I would be just fine with with that finals. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about, well, by the way, we should mention the Raptors do fall down 0-3 in the series. <laughs> the Sixers did not lead for a second until the very end on a three-pointer by Joel Embiid. Incredible stuff there. The Raptors just kind of looked like they didn't know what they were going to do. Um, well, big th- all I'm going to say big is... Big three-pointer just now for uh, Nikola Vucevic to help the Bulls stave off. It looks all like the, the Bucs, it's now, they have an eight-point lead now with a couple minutes to play, but Giannis gets a bucket at the rim. Uh, but yeah, go back to Raptors. To, to add on to the Raptors' point, they played their butts all tonight. But it's just so hard to win if you're too, uh, if you're too big star, quote unquote, star players 
didn't play well. Like, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet combined for 24 points, and they both did not shoot the ball well from the field. I know somebody uh, is talking about uh, Nick Nurse, awful coach. I thought Nick was fine. I think Nick has done a good good job with what the pieces he has. And I think this game just shows, just shows you how key Scotty Barnes is to their to their team and how key he's going to be going forward. So, I don't know, man. It, it just sucks when your two best players don't play well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not good. Not good, especially in the playoffs. All right. Let's talk Lakers. And you know what? Watching these playoffs, and it's been great. I've, I've enjoyed watching the playoffs. I've enjoyed watching the just the competition. Just stepping back, not from a you know fan perspective or anything. Um, aside from wanting to see the Celtics go out, I don't really have like a rooting interest necessarily. Just kind of enjoying the basketball. It's been pretty good, right? I mean, we've seen some high-intensity basketball. We've seen some big moments already. It's only the first round. Could get even better from here. But the one thing that stuck out to me as I'm watching this is we never really saw the Lakers hit this level. And part of that, part of that is playoff time, everybody steps up. Had the Lakers been in the plan, I think their level probably would have picked up maybe a little bit. Not a lot. Maybe a little bit. Everybody's intensity comes up when it's playoff time. That's the thing. There's a difference between regular season basketball and playoff basketball. So that's part of it. But still, I don't think even for, I mean, maybe for a couple of stretches during the season, like in games, I'm not talking about even an entire game. I don't think we saw the Lakers ever really hit a playoff level of basketball. And that's got me thinking how far away from some of these teams that are in the playoffs right now and the way they're executing, how far away the Lakers are from that. So with that in mind, is this it? I mean, has the, has the Lakers window closed at this point? No, no, it's not. Um, I think it is closing, and if they botch some of the moves this offseason, it will be closed. But, I mean, look, if you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. If you go out, again, in my opinion, the first move you have to make is decide who's going to be our head coach. Mm -hmm. Because in my opinion, the head coach should be involved in roster in some way, shape, or form. The head coach should at least have a say in the roster. Because, I mean, we kind of saw this year, if – the roster doesn't go it doesn't fit or the team doesn't play well guess who's gonna get blamed it's gonna be the coach right so the coach should have a say in the roster because at the end of the day he's gonna be the guy that gets blamed if all fails um so you have to get figure out your coach and then you have to figure out what you're gonna do with russell westbrook and i'm sure we're gonna get a lot of questions about that later on but Mm -hmm. um you you get those two things right you are a good foundation and those two decisions right there can either uh, widen your window for at least next year for sure, or it can shrink it even more. Like, for example, if you do a John Wall deal, good gosh, I hope they don't do that. But if you go trade for John Wall mm-hmm. and you hire Mike Brown, you're shrinking your window. But uh, being realistic, if you go get Quinn Snyder and you do that Pacers deal, in there's some stuff on that, which I'm also sure we'll talk about later. But if you do that Pacers deal and you go get Quinn Snyder, your window widens a little bit more so i think those are the first two big things they have to take care of but no their window's not closed man they still have lebron and ad large parts help too but come on no you still have those two guys yeah look i am i am not oh my the chicago bulls just got two offensive rebounds in a row and then scored to probably put the the game away uh alex caruso got one of them that's pretty impressive uh but (sighs) 
And people asking me Mamba mentality saying, why with all the negativity, Trevor? I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just asking the question, right? I don't, I don't think the answer is yes, but I've seen that question floating around. And I'm not the only one who has noticed, man, from watching this Lakers season, they never really looked like they were at this level. Now, I don't think it means the window is closed. I think, if anything, if you want to look at it glasses half full, you say, well, look at LeBron. LeBron had a fantastic season yeah. at 37 years old. Can he do it again at 38? I think you have to make sure you get the right pieces around him. I think it underscores how important it is that you hit a home run this offseason, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to bat 1,000. You've got to get everything right this offseason in order to get the team to this level. I do think there's a big gap between the Lakers that we saw this season and playoff basketball i don't think that is a, a surprise that's not a hot take by any means but i don't think the window is closed when you've got two guys as talented as lebron and anthony davis you need to make sure that they, they you get them as healthy as you possibly can and you need to have the right pieces surrounding them if you're going to give yourself a shot come playoff time but i do think they can play at a high level they can play playoff caliber basketball but again it's going to be important that the front office gets it right this offseason and that they get the right pieces around them. It's not an easy thing. It's an uphill battle. It's something that they're going to have to overcome. But I think they've got a lot of ground to make up, but it's not insurmountable. I think they can do it. <laughs> Alex Caruso just forced a charge to seal the game. I hate my life. <laughs> Why is that bad? It's okay to be happy for Alex Caruso, right? Yes. No, I mean, obviously I'm happy for AC, but gosh darn it, front office. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, man, going back to what you say, now I can, now that that's over. Um, going back to what you're saying, and, and yeah, man, I agree. If you still have LeBron, who played it in its absurd, in in absurd level, absurd level this year, gosh darn, Sean. Um, but like you mentioned, the stretch that the Lakers were on, like if, if we're being honest, the best stretch that the Lakers team had was and again it's only like a few quarters from a few games those first two jazz games like the second halves of those two games uh the the fourth quarter of the game right before the all-star breaks like after 80 unfortunately went down um and then you just ramp up the intensity on both ends of the floor of that game and then the first jazz game it what maybe dallas early and like there's only like a in in those games all those games it's only a few quarters in each game where you're like, oh, yes, yes. And I think that's what makes part of the season so frustrating is because it'll be a game where like, do that for the rest of the season. Like, do that. Um, but they unfortunately couldn't. Wouldn't is probably the better word, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, Snorlax from, from New Zealand. Welcome in from Ooh. New Zealand. Said, hey, guys, big fan from New Zealand here. Who do you guys think the Lakers will slash should retain slash resign next season and why hope you guys have a great day thank you thank you appreciate oh, the, the super chat so of this lakers team who should the lakers keep i mean assuming lebron and ad are, are kept russell westbrook no i'm assuming we agree on those other than that who are, who are you keeping from this season because i don't think it should be a lot of players i think there needs to be fairly significant turnover so lebron ad and who else do you keep I'm keeping Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, Wendy and Gabriel. I'm 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 gonna keep Kendrick Nunn. Um, this even yeah, I'm keeping Kendrick Nunn, 
And the only other guy I'm even thinking about, because I'm assuming you're going to trade THT somehow, so I, I'm putting that under the assumption as well. Um, I'm also, the only other guy I maybe think is Carmelo, and that's if he wants to come back. And if I am bringing Melo back, it's to be a spot minute mm-hmm. player. Like, he's, I, I really don't want Melo playing 20, 25 minutes next season. Um, because, yeah, like, we saw this season, if he's going, great. If he's not going, man, like, he is really, he's really a liability. If he's not shooting the three ball well for you, um, because teams, teams will just literally switch hunt the Lakers to death, and they'll just attack Melo and ball screens and in every possible situation. Maybe Dwight as a backup. I saw somebody throw that out there in the chat. Mm-hmm. Maybe Dwight, but the guys I'm for sure bringing back is Reeves, uh, Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, Wendy Gabriel, and Kendrick Nunn. I'm under the assumption that you're probably not going to be able to bring Monk back. Go use your be- uh, your mid-level exception taxpayer on a wing defender you've thrown out auto pointer junior uh or anybody else that could be available i would love robert covington but that's unlikely yeah, robert covington would certainly be great but but again but that's under the assumption that monk is not bad let's say monk gets a 10 million dollar offer out there now if he doesn't if monk is available he's on the list all right if, if monk mm-hmm. if you can bring back monk you bring him back he's on the he's on the list of guys mm-hmm. you would bring back but i agree i think it's the young guys it's reeves state Stanley Johnson, Whiting Gabriel. Um, as far as Kendrick Nunn goes, you shop his contract during the offseason along with Taylor Horton Tucker, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But if there isn't something that makes sense out there, I'm okay with holding on to Kendrick Nunn because I think he's going to have more value yeah. in the future. In fact, if he steps onto the court and plays well, he'll probably have more value at the trade deadline than he does over the summer. So I think you're going to have more value with this deal because most teams will just look at him as an expiring and not necessarily someone that can help them on the court until they see him get out there and play. Remember, missed all of last season. I don't have to tell Lakers fans that, but that was the case with with Kendrick Nunn. So if you don't find a deal that really works with him, okay, that's fine. But I do think they're going to shop his contract around. Uh, Dwight Howard, sure. If, if, If you can get someone else to play, whether you say it's going to be Anthony Davis or you say it's going to be Whoever, maybe it's Miles Turner, right? You bring in Miles Turner, great. I have no problem. No problem bringing back Dwight Howard and saying, Dwight, Miles Turner, Rashawn Holmes, whoever it is, Damian Jones, even. This guy is going to be the starter. Dwight, you're going to be the backup. You're going to play 10 minutes most nights. Some nights you won't play at all. Some nights we might have to lean on you for 15, but that's about it. Yeah, okay, sign me up for that. I'm fine with, with bringing back Dwight Howard in that role. Asking him to be the starter, I think, is too much. I don't think it's a path to team mm-hmm. success. I also oh, don't man. think it's a successful for Dwight. I think you're asking too much of him to do that. I don't think it's fair to him to put him in that spot. So I'm okay with Dwight with the caveat that he needs to be the backup center. There needs to be another true center on the roster that can, that can manage those minutes. Um, and then as far as Carmelo Anthony goes, if he wants to come back, sure. But if I'm Rob Polinka, I'm doing it with the understanding that, hey, you might not be an every night player this next season. I think the talent is there, but if the shot's not falling, he can hurt you out there on the floor too. So just kind of understanding that, hey, as you get older, that role will probably diminish a little bit. You know, you shouldn't expect to be like our first guy off the bench or anything of that. And if he's cool with that, yeah, yeah, then I'm okay with bringing back Mello as well. How about bit of a proposition i guess is the word i'm looking okay. for if you go get a big um 
AD next year going into the season should probably be your four. Um, you get a big, mm-hmm. so let's say it's Damian Jones or Sean Holmes or one of these other guys that could be potentially available. Nicholas Clax is another one that could be interesting. You go with them at the five. If, knock on wood, one of those guys get hurt, I'm still in, like, Dwight's your backup. I'm still not starting Dwight. I'll go, and this is why you probably want to go get a wing defender mm-hmm. that's kind of long that can play stretch four or that's a true four. You put AD at the five as more of a backup position in case of injury. And then Dwight still, basically what I'm saying is don't bring, don't have Dwight start next. You're pretty much at all. Go get a big that can start, put AD at the four. And then like, again, knock on wood. If one of those bigs get hurt, just slot AD down to the five, bring one of your wing players off the bench and slot them into the starting lineup. Cause I really don't think, uh, I don't think Dwight Howard should start at all next season. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I, I don't think it's a good thing for the Lakers. If he's starting, I don't think it's a good thing for Dwight Howard to be starting as well. I don't think that's that's the way you want it to be for him. Uh, Tom L. Westbrook for healed straight up. <laughs> that that deal. does not, yeah, I mean, deal if the Lakers can clear that kind of money, but that, that doesn't work uh, cap space-wise. The Pacers would need to send out more salary. But, um, I mean, that's what we've heard is, is Westbrook to the Pacers for Buddy Heald and Malcolm Brogdon. Now there's been pushback from the Pacers side because, of course, We've got a long ways to go before the Lakers can, can complete a trade like this. Westbrook has to pick up his player option for next season before this can be done. By the way, it's never, ever, ever going to happen. But Russ, like if he doesn't pick up that player option. There's going to be a parade oh my in LA. The celebrations from El Segundo will be, able, will be heard for miles around. If somehow Russ decides to not pick up that player option, but it's kind of funny though, in his, his exit interview, Russell Westbrook talked about how he doesn't decide who's on the team and who's not. And that sort of thing. No, Russ, you, you literally do decide whether or not you want to be on the team or not, because you have a player option. You can decide if you want to be on the team, but I don't think it's a true option. He's what's the most a team would realistically pay for him in free agency. If he was just a total, just free agent, he's on the market. What's he getting? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Five to ten? Probably, right? Right? Yeah. So if the Lakers buy he's him not out... Get a, he's not going to get a vet men. So, yeah. like, take that out. If... If the Lakers were to buy him out, that's how much, if I'm the Lakers, I'm asking him to give back. Whatever it is he winds up getting out there, he thinks he would get on the market. That's what I'd be asking him to give back in a, in a buyout situation. 
I don't, I don't see him turning down that $47 million. It's not going to happen. No. But he can also gum up the works a little bit on the trade front if he wants. I think he, he doesn't have to decide until, I believe, this off the top of my head, I believe it's June 29th. He has to decide whether or not to officially pick up that option. If he wants to mess with things, he can kind of sit there and not do anything, which could create some problem. Like, for example, OKC, as soon as the calendar flips to July 1, OKC no longer has cap room because Shea Gilders Alexander's deal kicks in. So Russ can kind of create mm -hmm. some a, a few challenges, not necessarily a problem because you still have a little bit of time there, but he can make life a little bit more difficult on the Lakers if he wants. I wouldn't think that he would necessarily want to do this, but if he wanted to, he could wait all the way until June 29th to reveal his decision whether or not he's picking up that option and then give the Lakers could be a relatively short window to deal him if they're going to do a trade with a team that would be losing cap space when the calendar flips over to next NBA season. And guys, Trevor's not necessarily suggesting the buyout route. He's right. saying like, he's like giving a, a scenario, but no, I, I think Trevor's actually against the buyout and stretch route. In general. Yeah. I'm people saying, LOL, Trevor, again, with this buyout suggestion again, we, yeah, it's not the ideal scenario. It's not ideal. Ideally, you can move him. You don't have to deal with his dead money sitting on the books. I'm talking about worst case scenario. The only trades that are out there are bad trades and you wind up going down this path. This isn't what I'm promoting as something that I think the Lakers should do. I think there are some benefits to it. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's not great to have Luol Deng come off the books as of July 1 and then say, oh, we're replacing that with 15 million, triple the money in dead money for Russell Triple, Westbrook. Yeah. I don't think that's a great scenario, but if it's that, or you bring Russ back and you run this back again, maybe, maybe you go the buyout route again. No, I'm not saying that's, that's your preferred option there. Just something to kind of keep in, keep in mind. And by the way, this also kind of has to be there. This has to be there. That has to be out there because that's the Lakers have to make it clear that they're willing to do a buyout or that they're willing to keep Russ next season. If they don't, if the word that's out there around the Lakers is they are going to trade Russell Westbrook, period, what kind of offers do you think they're going to get? Terrible offers, low ball offers, Terrible. teams trying to fleece them. The Lakers need it out there that, hey, you know what? Bringing it back wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for us. You know what? A buyout wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for us. We're open. We're open to doing these things. We're not boxed into any corner. We're not desperate to move him. That's the narrative the Lakers are going to want to put out there. Whether or not they actually believe that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The Lakers don't want to be seen as the team that has to move Russell Westbrook, and they're going to do whatever they can to push back against that narrative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you never want a team to feel, and that's part of the problem why the Lakers they make a deal at the deadline is because teams felt like they were desperate, and the Lakers, if they made a deal, Trevor, we talk about this on end, and fans are kind of frustrated, the Lakers are going to get fleeced mm -hmm. if, if they made a deal at the deadline. Um, so, yeah, it was the smart move for sure. Okay, here's an interesting one here. Clown DA from YouTube said we have to trade and half is in all caps have all caps so we know he's serious have to trade lebron and ad they simply cannot stay healthy it doesn't matter what the rest of the team looks like if our two best players can't stay healthy 
Okay. So let's go down that path. What do you get for LeBron or AD if you do put them on the market? Let's say you put them both on the market. What do you get? And what would have to happen for the Lakers to do that? Now, hopefully you'll get your future back, right? You'll get your picks back uh, draft day style, like Sonny Weaver Jr. Maybe you can get David Putney as well. But ideally, you're going to want to, if you're going to trade LeBron, you're going to trade AD, you're going to want to get your picks back. Okay? You're probably not going to get your exact picks back, but you want to kind of rebuild your future. And you want to have some early draft picks back in order to do that. That's what you're looking to get from teams. You're going to want to try to target young talent as well and then go from there. Now, we're saying that in order for the in order for the Lakers to do this, it would probably take LeBron or AD to go to the Lakers and say, "Hey, we want out. We want to go." I don't think the Lakers are going to do this on their own. I think LeBron's in an interesting situation contractually that can cause the Lakers some problems. If the Lakers don't know what LeBron's going to do, say in June, if they don't know yet and they start making decisions, they need to know if LeBron's going to stay or not before they start to commit future cap space, future draft picks, things like that, to whatever it's going to take in order to rebuild this team. But if ultimately you decide you're going to go down that path of let's start a rebuild, let's move LeBron, let's move AD, you're going to try to get future picks for them. But again, the only way I see the Lakers go in that direction is if LeBron and AD tell them they want out. Uh, that's, the, that's the way I see it. Sean, do you, do you agree with that? Or do you think the Lakers should be quietly right now shopping LeBron and AD? Well, well, first, is it reg- the Lakers aren't just going to trade AD and LeBron. And part of that is because um, the club sports thing in the clutch for and it's not this is like any normal team right where the star and his agency in the organization maybe maybe they'll have some communication but for the most part they're not nearly as in much contact but the lakers are special in this instance where no clutch and the lakers uh, sometimes unfortunately there it's more of a partnership right in terms of how they handle things so the lakers aren't just going to trade lebron or just trade anthony davis now if lebron is not willing to commit and you talked about this trevor i think a couple days ago actually in a video um then yeah maybe whisper around the league maybe not to some gms or a link that you know don't like you because then that's when stuff starts to get leaks but i'm at least you know maybe whispering around here there's probably about lebron if lebron's not willing to commit i'm definitely whispering around the league um to at least see what the value's at because if if the value's good and it should be then then maybe there's a conversation but if you know mm-hmm. if you're gonna get fleeced then if i'm rob plank i'm like okay cool nothing got leaked great i know the value or whatever we didn't like outwardly say lebron's on the mark on the uh, i know the test value for what lebron could get it's not what we feel he's worth Cool. Screw it. Let's just run it back for one last year. And if LeBron resigns, he resigns. If he doesn't, we have cap space going into 2023. So my biggest thing is you just pray nothing gets leaked. Because if stuff gets leaked, then it's a whole whirlwind of problems. Right. But to me, there's 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 nothing really there's no like bad outcome, honestly, if you just at least whisper and test the value a little bit. Cause worst case scenario is again, if you're Rob Palenka, cool. I that's not what we value LeBron. That's what we think LeBron's worth. Let's just run it back. And then if he does resign, we have cap space going into next year um, or more cap space anyway. So, it, yeah, man, that's where I'm at. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't think that the Lakers are in a position where they're necessarily going to know what LeBron's going to do heading into into July when they're going to be making these free agent moves and these trades and things of that nature. But um, that being said, I think that they are going to stick with him. I think that's what we're going to see happen. I mean, as much as we want to talk about, oh, just blow it up, just trade LeBron, trade AD, get us as many young kids as we can, let's let's rebuild. I just don't see the Lakers going that route. I am part of it is probably financial. I mean, LeBron James brings in a lot of revenue. Yeah. That certainly matters. Um, again, the only way I see it going down that way is if LeBron tells the Lakers I'm leaving. Otherwise, I think they're going to try to rebuild this thing around him. I think even if he decides he's not necessarily going to stay in the summer of 2023, even if he says, you know what, I'm not going to sign that extension, wouldn't shock me if the Lakers just made a little extra effort to try to keep their books as clear as they can for 2023 and beyond and then rolled forward with things. But who knows what kind of a team they can build. That's something we can get to as we get deeper and deeper into the offseason. Uh, Laptop said, I still have my 500, my 500K bounty for over-under in terms of seed. You said six seed in 2023 where the Lakers will fall. Do you still believe that? Sure. As a, as a random guess in, in April here of where the Lakers will be a year from now, and we don't know what they're doing this offseason yet, I think the sixth seed is is a realistic target for them. I think that this season we saw a perfect storm of everything going wrong that could, from injuries to health and safety protocols yeah. to poor roster construction to the coach not fitting with the roster to chemistry issues to all kinds of things, communication issues, all the all the stuff, all the stuff that happened this season. It was a mess. It was a nightmare. Again, I've said it a bunch of times: the worst Lakers season ever, the worst ever. I think, hopefully, things get better. And that's not a high bar to clear for things to get better next year. And assuming if the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they're healthy for a decent chunk of the season, and they've got better players around them, yeah. I mean, I, I think the sixth seed is a, is a fairly safe... I'm not saying they're going to be the one seed. I'm not saying they're going to be the worst team in the NBA. I think they still can be a good team if they go back to basics and focus on finding guys who can defend and shoot Put those guys around LeBron and AD, and off you go. Lakers Nation, I want to pause for a moment and talk a little bit about athletic greens. I started taking AG1 because, for me personally, I was interested in recovery. Number one, I've been trying to get back into shape and spending a lot of time in the gym, lifting weights, doing all those sorts of things, and I wanted to see if it could help with my recovery process and what that looks like. We all know how important recovery is in any type of athletic endeavor. And then also the mental clarity part of it. I'm the type of person where I've noticed, you know, middle of the day, I start to just hit this lull, this wall that I, I run into. And I've just found I'm just not as productive as I should be. And I'll admit, I was pretty skeptical when I went into this, uh, when I started taking AG1. But I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Not only has my recovery improved, and I've been taking AG1 for about three weeks now. I've been making noticeable improvements in the gym. But the mental clarity piece to this, the energy piece to this, it has been noticeable in the afternoons. I simply have more focus, more energy. I just noticed suddenly I'm getting way more done during the day. I'm accomplishing more tasks on my to-do list rather than pushing things off to the next day. And that means for all of you, that means more Lakers Nation content, more NBA front office content, everything else that we bring. It's been absolutely fantastic. I can't believe how productive I've been while taking 
AG1. So what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And that is exactly how I take it. It's the first thing I take in the morning. Instead of getting coffee or an energy drink or something like that, I drink my AG1. One, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging, all of the things all in one. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself that you would have to go out and find. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. And for me, I'm super busy. The sports world, it moves at a lightning fast pace. So Athletic Greens, very quick, very simple for me to get my nutrition in one place. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, man. I mean, like, first off, if they're healthy... Right, you're, you're you're you should be a playoff team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and then you basically say like doesn't matter what you do at Russ. Russ is off the team next year, mm-hmm. like it just, just to start off. I get LeBron and AD healthy. Yeah, we're a playoff team, so a six seed. I mean, I still feel like yeah, I mean, I know you made the bet. I guess I don't know what what happened there, but uh, he, he just wants to lock in. Like, what is your prediction so that if. So let's say oh, the Lakers okay, are the okay. four seed, or if the Lakers are the ten seed, they can come back and said, "Oh, you you said they were going to be the six seed." See, you're, we're in the <laughs> era of victory laps, where everybody wants to to take victory laps constantly. There's been so many that's not victory that just laps. anti Kevin Durant people out there saying how terrible he is. He's no. it's weird. Like LeBron fans are running around screaming KD is awful and all this kind of stuff. And like I'm not a Kevin Durant fan, but like we're Basing the man's legacy Basket, on one yeah. night in the first Playoff. round of the of the playoffs, um, it's, and also it's like, interesting. That that's not what a victory lap is to me. A victory lap is, for example, like if we got a Heat Warrior series, that could be a victory lap because I've picked that since November. For sure, like no, no, like some things aren't victory laps. And again, like you mentioned, like oh, KD's not that good. He's had two bad nights in a playoff series. Like, let's calm down. Yeah, I I tend to like to be able to adjust to, to information as it changes yeah. and not be so rigid. And that's just my analysis and the way that I approach life, the way that I approach sports, mm-hmm. rather than just, oh, this is what's going to happen. Well, based on the information we have right now, this is the way we see things playing out. But information changes. That's, that's life. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, Sam Sutherland sure. said, imagine a world, Russ for Brogdon and Heald, Okay, great. Then somehow, THT, none, and the first, so you're not giving up any first with Russ. Okay, and the first for Jeremy Grant. 
but you could swap one of the Pacers for Turner. Oh, so Russ for Brogdon and Turner. And then THT none in the first for Jeremy Grant. Yeah, because I would definitely swap Heald for Turner. That's that's Dream and World. That's we're, we're living in Dream World. There, I mean, yeah, we're on cloud nine. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty that's... fantastic. How would that that be fit wise though? Miles Turner, <laughs> Anthony Davis, Jeremy Grant, yeah, LeBron James. Who's your two? Yeah, that doesn't really. I mean, that's a massive lineup. Like, do you go, and also, Jeremy Grant's going to be really upset when he finds out he's, like, the fourth option in the in a lineup. Right. Um, but, yeah, you're massive. I, I would lean towards bring Jeremy off the bench, honestly, and go, like, Brockton. He's not going to do that. Not in, in a contract He's not year. doing that. Yeah, he's not doing that. But in, in that dream scenario or whatever, um, yeah, I, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, you're massive. Turner, Turner next to AD is a good fit. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if they do that, but... I mean, what it, we've it, heard is that the Pacers, the, the rumor that's been coming out of Indiana is that the Pacers are probably going to keep Turner now since they went ahead yeah. and they and they, um, they moved on from most. Sabonis. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's probably what's going to happen. But look, if that's the path we ultimately go down, we get, you know, you get Miles Turner, you get Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, cool. Off you go. I understand why the Lakers, too, would be hesitant with Brogdon because of the injury history. Same thing with Gordon Hayward. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, have you seen stuff like this? Sorry to cut you off, no, but there's been a lot of, like, can, can Shaq coach the Lakers talk? Shaq? I'm like, where is that coming from? <laughs> I think even, even Shaq would be surprised by that. I don't yeah. know if Shaq is the guy that you want coaching. This. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's got plenty of, of basketball Experience. knowledge. He's got a wealth of basketball yeah. knowledge, but uh, it takes a certain person to be a coach, and I just—I don't think I've ever seen Shaq express interest in being a coach, or, or that even mentioned looking at the game for through that way or anything like that. I'm just curious why, like, I mean, I, I'm open to like listening. Right? I'm just curious why that's been tossed around. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, that's that's surprising. I mean, yeah. that's you know what we're going to hear every name connected with the Lakers when it comes to the coaching spot. That's going to be a thing. Um, there's plenty of names that are still around uh, right now. And I think as we get further and further into the offseason, we're just going to hear more and more. Uh, I've already got a lot of people in the chat that have been saying, is it good that the Raptors are looking like they're going to fall in the first round? Since, so maybe the no. Lakers can get Nick Nurse. And I mean, and we're also on Quinn Snyder watch. What happens with the Jazz and the Mavs and, and all of that? I think there's going to be a lot of names connected to the Lakers. And rightfully so. It's, it's what happens. Is there like any coaches that you would like be upset if the Lakers hired them? Upset? I have a few. I have a few. I'd be upset at. I'm curious about you. Yeah, I mean, I think Doc probably isn't necessarily the best fit. But here's the thing too. Like, it, it depends on on what you're doing. Like, do you? If they go back to Mike Brown, that would be Barf. that. Yeah. Oh that, my god. That probably wouldn't be wouldn't be the best. But I'll also say we weren't super thrilled with Frank Vogel when he came in and then they won a championship. With <laughs> this him, is different. Right. I mean, that's so there's that there's that aspect of it, too. You know, coaches sometimes with a coach, just like with a player, sometimes it just takes a coach being in the right situation. And it's hard to say it's more difficult to say what the right situation is for a coach than it is for a player. Right. I mean, you yeah. can you can look at a guy. 
and and say, oh, this guy is a great fit for this team. This team really needs his skill set and, and, and all these things. And it's a bit more difficult to do that with a coach and say, this coach's personality fits this team. You could still do it, but it's much more of an inexact science when we're talking about a coach because a lot of what they're doing is behind closed doors and not broadcast live on, on television like we see with the players. Yeah, for me, it's probably Mike. You've already mentioned Mike. Doc is one of them. And then I really don't want Jawan Howard. I don't think it's going to happen anyway because his son and stuff like that is reportedly going to Michigan, stuff like that. But no, I really don't want Jawan Howard. It's nothing personal with him or whatever. It's just like, dude, you're, you're, you would literally be hiring him because of LeBron and Robolinka, mm -hmm. which is not the right way to build a team. But, yeah, those would probably be mine. That would be really upset. Up. Right. Uh, Clown DA with a super chat said, if LeBron doesn't sign an extension, the last thing we want is for us to have no future for the next seven years. We need to be the aggressors. And so he's talking about in the LeBron situation. If LeBron doesn't sign an extension, the Lakers have to look out for themselves. And I'm in agreement with this. I think that if LeBron says, I'm not going to stay past this summer, I think, number one, you need to push LeBron as much as you possibly can in June to get a decision. So you know, heading into the offseason, hey, if we bring in Gordon Hayward, who's got two years left on his deal, next summer, when we would have cap space, if LeBron walks away to go use, are we instead going to be stuck with no cap space and 33-year-old Gordon Hayward and LeBron is still gone? We need to know before we make a move like that, what you're doing. Right. I think that's going to be important for the Lakers that they do everything they can to protect themselves. Now, LeBron can also say, well, I don't know yet. Show me what you do in July and then I'll make a decision. He might play it that way, which is worst case scenario. Right. And then if you're the Lakers, you got to you got to make some you have to decide. Do you take that leap of faith? But I'm in agreement here that you have to be the aggressor and you have to ready yourself for a post LeBron life. You have to be prepared in case LeBron does decide to burn you. You have to protect and when I say burn, I, mean, I just mean he would leave in 2023. As things are sitting right now, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if LeBron left in 2020. It wouldn't be a positive thing, but you would have a mountain of cap space at least to go and try to rebuild your team and do some things from there. You, would, you would probably wouldn't have a 2024 draft pick depending on what you did in that offseason because the Pelicans would want that one. I'm not saying it's a good scenario, but you would have some flexibility built in to where you could, you could change things up quite a bit that summer. If LeBron's not giving you that, not giving you that certainty, then you're the Lakers. You have to at least consider protecting yourself. And that means in whispers, you're talking about what you can get for him in a trade, what you could get for AD. If things go south, you need to have a backup plan. You need to have contingency plans in place in case things go that way and it looks like he's going to leave. Uh, again, this is, this is not the idea. I don't think this is the way it's going to go. I think LeBron's going to sign a one plus one. I think he's going to tack on another year. I think he's going to leave in 2024 and go wherever Bronny gets drafted. I think that's what's going to happen here. That's what most of the signs are pointing towards. I don't think the doomsday scenario is what's going to happen. But I think the Lakers have to be prepared for that just in case. Because if they're not, if they're not prepared for it, that's what could really, really hurt them and be devastating long term. I think that, and this is going to sound messed up, but follow me here, the Lakers got to have one one foot in, one foot out the door on the LeBron thing. Like, they need to have that foot in 
on Twitter. Okay, cool. LeBron, we're still trying to build around Twitter, but you got to have that foot out to a certain extent. So like you said, that if LeBron quote unquote burns you or whatever, you're not completely screwed because you, you don't have a, you don't have a draft pick either. And like, for example, going back to the Cavs when LeBron mm-hmm. left, Miami's a little different because they have a great coach. They have a great organization. So like their rebuilding year wasn't nearly as bad. And they were really, really bad for like a year. And then the next couple, they were at least competitive after post LeBron. Now they're really, really good, obviously. Um, but Cleveland, right? LeBron left. They were screwed. I think they were going all in on LeBron, right? Um, the second time around when he left, the roster was really, really bad. LeBron just willed him to a title, right? Um, but in those two years, they got Darius Garland. They got at least a building block going forward. But still, like, they were really, really bad for the next couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the best front office or whatever. So you got to have at least, like, one foot, at least halfway out the door so that, okay, cool. We're at least prepared to a certain extent if LeBron says, nah, this is my last year uh, as a Laker. So just have, like you said, just have some sort of awareness and be prepared in case. I also agree, though, like you said, I don't think it's going to happen. I think I agree with you uh, that he's more than likely probably going to go with a one plus one. And mm-hmm. then wherever Bronny lands, he'll go there and opt out. That's the more likely scenario. But just to be prepared because um, you don't want to be stuck in the cast situation, but worse, actually, because you don't have your draft pick. More than likely, if LeBron left, because you're probably not looking too, uh, too good in 2024, and the Pelicans, like you mentioned, they would probably want that pick. So, uh, Mamba Mentality says, Trevor, what do you think of the Mitchell of Mitchell Robinson? He's an unrestricted free agent. I think that's interesting. Um, Mitchell Robinson, he'd be an interesting fit, but how much are you going to have to pay it's a very, very thin free agent class. What's he going to command out there on the market? Are you willing to go pay what it's going to take? I mean, if you can get him, if it's me, if I'm using my taxpayer mid-level, I'd rather focus on, let's say Malik Monk is gone. Malik Monk gets a $10 million plus offer starting per year somewhere else. And so you can't get close to that. If, I, if I'm yeah. picking between Mitchell Robinson and a 3 and D style wing... I'm taking the three and D style wing. If it's Mitchell Robinson and that's all that's out there for sure. Yeah. I I like Mitchell Robinson's game. I I think he's a really good player. I wish I, I had hoped the Lakers were going to draft him in the draft that year. They had opportunities. They didn't do it. Um, So I'd be okay with it. But again, I think my preference, if I'm Rob Palenka, what I'm looking for is three and D style wings with some size. I think that's what you need. And if you can find that, that's great. If you can't find that, Okay, then maybe you turn your attention to a guy like a, like a Mitchell Robinson. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, and I, and well, sheesh, man, we need to get you in the front office because I think that's the right way to build the team, especially with this Lakers roster. Because um, also the bigs, think about it this way. The big you can get at a mid-level exception, not mid-level, crap, uh, at Tax better break. minimum are mm-hmm. better than the right. wings that you can get at a better minimum. So, like, no, go get a wing that 
you could really utilize on a tax pyramid level, and then just go get again a, a decent big. And, uh, yeah, Damian that's just how the NBA works in general. Like Damian Jones, bring go him get back. him for bring him back. Should never let him left. That's right. Uh, leave, but go get him. Go get a guy like a Damian Jones or another big, because I guarantee you the bigs you can get at a better minimum. I think we kind of saw this season. The bigs at better minimum compared to a big at uh com- sorry compared to a uh, a wing at the better minimum completely different. The wings quality of wings at better minimum are not that good compared to uh, tax pyramid level. Now we should mention too, getting those wings that we're talking about, it's not easy. Every team in the NBA wants those guys. Every team is after that specific skill yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. Teams want as many of those guys as they can possibly get, so they get expensive. I mean, look, Dorian Finney-Smith got a big deal from the Mavs. He's he been really good. good. Been really good, but a lot of people just see him as, oh, he's just a role player. Yeah, but he fits that skill set. Look at what Mikael Bridges has done for the Suns. You find guys like that, they tend to get paid. You can find some guys like an Otto Porter Jr. How much does he get? That's the name that I've been on quite a bit. Um if yeah. you can find that, great, but you might not be able to. So that's where it's a little bit of a bit of a challenge. So let's see. People say Damian Jones is not that good. We're, do, we're not saying he's good. We're saying, would you rather have Damian Jones for the minimum or would you rather give Mitchell Robinson $40 million for the next four years? Because that might be what it takes to get him. And, then and, and the Lakers can't with, do that, but yeah. And then be stuck with player Y on a veteran minimum to be your 3 and D wing off. Trevor Reza 2.0 ba- is basically what I'm getting at mm-hmm. to be your 3 and D wing off the bench. Like, no, I, no, that's not. Just get, you need, you need to get Trevor Reza, DeLorean, throw him in and get it up to 88. Go back in time and get, <laughs> go back in time. get 10, get Trevor Reza 10 years ago. That's what you need. That's what the Lakers need. Um, if somebody asked about Bones Highland, future. if there was a way they could get him, that was part of why I was hoping the Lakers would keep their pick, the 22nd pick in the draft. That was my guy. I was hoping that they would draft him. Um, they they did not. Unfortunately, uh, that was, yeah. But Ooh, that's a good one. They didn't do that. Andrew P. said, if the Jazz lose in the first round, when can we sign the Jazz coach? Uh, whenever they, they cut bait with him, if they, I mean, he's under contract right now. As soon as he is not under contract, they officially part ways with him. Then technically, I mean, the Lakers can make trades right now if they want to. You can't trade Russ yeah. because he hasn't officially picked up that option. But if they wanted, if team called about THT, the Lakers can make a trade at this moment if they wanted to. Teams in the playoffs can't. But any team that's eliminated could do that. Let's say, I don't know, the Pacers called and they trade want to trade one of their $10 million-ish salaries. So they want to trade, I don't know, Jeremy Lamb, somebody, somebody like that. And said straight up THT and the Lakers say, yeah, that, that works. The math works. Done deal. Cool. They could do that right now. Yeah. But it's rare to see that happen. Um, usually that kind of stuff happens in the offseason. And as far as the coach thing goes, he would have to be released by the Jazz. And I do think, I do think that if the Jazz lose in the first round and maybe even second round, the Lakers. I think Quinn Snyder is going to be gone. And I think they're going to make some major changes. And, and that might yeah. mean... I don't know if I'm going to go as far as Rudy Gobert is gone or Donovan Mitchell is gone, but maybe I, I think it's a possibility. And I think definitely some of the pieces around them are gone from the, from Utah. Oh, no, I think they blow it up. 
if uh, they lose in the first round. At, le- at least, like, trading Rudy. I don't know how they'll get it done, but I think that'll happen. I- I'm just going to say this because somebody mentioned it. Uh, somebody said J.J. Redick being a good head coach. I do think if that's something he wants to get into at some point, I do agree that he could be a good head coach. Could be. Uh, Mook Morris said, any chance we can trade THT and none plus a lottery-protected pick for Burks and Cam Reddish in the offseason? Well, that was the guy that the duo that the Lakers tried to get at the deadline. And reportedly, they basically had it. It was done, and then New York and the Raptors were arguing over draft picks. Yeah. That's what what caused it to fall apart. Otherwise, that would have been a done deal. Cam Reddish would be a Laker right now. Alec Burks would be a Laker right now. Would have been THT going out. We didn't have any info about a first coming from the Lakers, but uh, it would have involved uh, Gordon Drogic going to the um, Knicks, the Knicks right? and yeah. then the Raptors would be getting THT finally. Uh, so that was that was the deal that was out there. Uh, I don't know if I would give THT I, the, the first. I don't know if I would part with the first in order to get that done. I think you're going to need that yeah. first in other deals, personally. Yeah, the first throws me off just a little bit, but... I mean, I know we talk about this a lot, but typically, you know, we see deals between teams that potentially, for some reason, halt at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, pop back up around the start of the offseason. And um, if that deal's still on the table, I'm doing that deal. Cam Reddish, I'm still really super high on him. I thought the Knicks trading for Cam Reddish in the first place was kind of stupid, especially since they never played him. And I mean, unfortunately, he got hurt towards the end of the season. Um, but yeah, man, somebody's also mentioned Joe Ingles as a guy that the Lakers could grab. He tore his ACL, right? Like he's coming off an ACL injury. He's older. Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit more hesitant on that, but yeah, I love Cam Radish to to be a Laker. That would be awesome. I've got clown DA with the super chat said Russ doesn't get a contract over 5 million a year after this one. Maybe. You know what? And we've talked about this a bit. I don't necessarily want to go down this whole rabbit hole, but I wonder if this is what it's going to take. Right? I mean, in terms of Russ adjusting to life, adjusting to a new reality of no longer being a superstar level player. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. I think he can still fit on teams. I think he can still help some teams. I think he's still a talented basketball player. But I don't think that he's the kind of superstar anymore that can put a team. I and mean, we've seen pretty definitively this season. He's not the kind of guy that can just put a team on his back and go. It's not him. Um, so with, with that being said, I do wonder if it's going to take being off of this giant contract where he's the most expensive player in basketball for him to finally change his game. Is that like the last straw? And maybe it's not. Maybe it doesn't happen. And then Russ is just who he is. And... Maybe his time in the NBA is fairly short-lived because there'll, there'll be a point where the returns diminish enough to where teams will say, eh, we're, we're not going to go there. We're not going to bring in Russ. But if suddenly he's on a minimum contract, if he's on a $5 million contract, we saw it with Dwight eventually. We saw it with Car- Carmelo. It took some time, but ultimately they were able to adjust their games enough to become role players in the NBA and stay in the league because the alternative was to not be in the league anymore. And I do wonder if it's going to take being off of this current contract for Russ to get to, to that stage. And uh, I think that's probably going to be it. And then if it doesn't happen there, then who knows how much longer Russ is in the NBA. If he's 35, 36, and 
he still hasn't figured out how to play without his athleticism and figured out some other things he can do. It'll be a challenge for him to stick around, I think. Russ seems, and I, I promise you, I literally just saw about this like mid-sense while you were talking. Russ seems like a player that will retire soon, sooner than you would think. He might. Just like his mentality or whatever, like his mindset and way of thinking. Um, I'm a little worried, unless he somehow rediscovers his jumper. Is at least like a mid-range jumper. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure he's if he's gonna have a place. Maybe like he'll have another contract after this one, but I'm not sure if he can have a mellow. If he could be a mellow or a Dwight, where they play on several different contracts after realizing, hey, I'm not the same guy I was. Let me adapt and change my mentality and how I play. It's like Mello went from being a dominant scorer. 20, 25 points a game, star, build it, or trying to build a team around him anyway, look at the Knicks, um, to getting kicked out of the league, kind of, and like, okay, you know what, let me adapt my game, I'm a spot shooter, maybe I'll get a couple of ISOs here and there, but for the most part, I'm a spot shooter, Dwight, hustle, energy, I'm going to go crash the glass, maybe a couple ops. I don't think Russ will be able to adjust this game nearly as easy as those guys because, I mean, Russ is a high-usage point guard who can't shoot and not a good defender. And he's lost his jumper pretty much entirely, actually. Um, he had a few spurts down the stretch where the mid-range was there, and he had a few threes. But for the most part, Russ's jumper has abandoned him in the past few seasons, so I'm a little bit worried compared to Melo and Dwight. I mean, it's more than just abandoned. Like, he was missing dunks. To the point where the Lakers sent him to the doctor to find out if there was something wrong with his hands or something wrong with his eyes. Like that's, that's how bad it it got for, for Russ. I didn't hear that. one. Yeah. That, that actually, that's, that's a thing. Um, but I, I, I hope, I hope for Russ that he, that he is able to figure out a way it's going to be difficult for him, but I hope he is able to make an adjustment and, uh, and stick around, but we'll see what winds up happening there. Ilan Farkash said, is the Cam Reddish trade still an option? Obviously Cam being a guy Lakers fans are interested in. Can the Hornets or Pacers use Wall as a leverage negotiation with us, saying they have other options? Um, Cam Reddish trade, I don't know, because it was going to take... New York wasn't doing it to get THT. New York was doing that to get Gordon Drogic. So I don't know if that's going to be the case this offseason, if if the Knicks are going to want to move on from him or not. Uh, I I think the Lakers will have interest, but do the Knicks want what the Lakers are selling? That's going to be the question. It needed a third team in there to get that done with the Raptors. And that was what was going to happen at the trade deadline. As far as the Hornets or the Pacers using John Wall, they can, and I'm sure that's they'll try actually. to. Yeah. But can they do it credibly? That's that's really the question here. Can they do it credibly? Because here's the thing. the If you look at it, you think, oh, Wall has the same contract as Russ. Can't they just say, oh, well, we can get a big expiring contract in John Wall? Yes. But it also requires the Lakers needing players who fit alongside LeBron and AD better than Russ. That's what that what getting this trade done requires. Because remember, Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Heald, these aren't necessarily looked at as good contracts, particularly since they are long-term contracts. It's just Russ mm-hmm. is a worse contract, but he's short-term. You're trading bad contracts for bad contracts. Gordon Hayward is not looked at as a good contract. It's not like you're trading Russ for a guy who's on a good deal. No, you're trading Russ for a guy who's on a bad contract, who's just not making as much as Russ, his contract goes longer, and you're hoping that Gordon Hayward or whoever it is, if it's Terry Rozier, whoever, will fit better than Russ fit with LeBron and AD, which is a low bar to clear. 
Can you make that argument of the Houston Rockets? Do the Rockets have, are the Rockets a credible threat to say, hey, you know what? We'd rather absorb long-term salary in Gordon Hayward and in Malcolm Brogdon rather than just letting John Wall expire after this year and having more cap room. I don't think so. And so that's where I think the Rockets and John Wall being a credible alternative, that's where it falls apart. The Pacers, the Hornets, they'll try it, but I don't think the Rockets make sense as a landing spot for the bad contracts that they're selling, whereas the Lakers are because of the reasons that I mentioned. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I have nothing to add. I thought about it for a second. I was like, yeah, they could do that, but... Like you mentioned, why would the Rockets do that? The Rockets are definitely not competing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, let me not say that because then watch the Rockets somehow turn up next season. But, I mean, like, seriously, the Rockets, as of right now, they don't seem to be in a competitive state of mind. Like, yeah, we're contending for a title, so let's go make an all-in move. Because that's what any deal would be for the Lakers, where you're taking on long-term salaries like Brogdon, Buddy Heald, or Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, Kelly Bray Jr. That's what that's for. You're saying, buy in, we're all in, let's get Russ out of here, and chips all in now, we're trying to compete this year, and then we'll worry about that down the line. That's what that move is for the Lakers. For the Rockets, why do they have any incentive of doing that outside of just trying to uh, drive up the bargaining price, if you will, for the Lakers? But again, that that just doesn't make too much sense Mm -hmm. for the Rockets to do that. Also, you're developing Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., which is a big reason why John Wall was on the market because he wasn't playing because they were so worried about the development of those two guys. So that, yeah, that's just more reason for it to not make sense for the, for the Rockets to do that. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Somebody asked, what about Russell, Russell Westbrook to the Rockets and a John Wall thing? Please. And well, but hold up, hold up. We're not finished. John Wall and Christian Wood. Okay, we start talking Christian Wood. We start talking Eric Gordon. Okay, we can, you know, maybe there's something that, that could be worked out there. But again, I don't think that's option number one for, for the Lakers. But it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Eric, Gord- Eric Gordon, I'd still probably say no, honestly. If it's Christian Wood, then you got me listening. But Eric Gordon, I'm still probably saying no. This is interesting here. I, I, I got a super chat. TJ Stalica said, did you guys see... Uh, the comment uh, Russ liked at Lake Show Yo on Twitter yeah. posted it. If you haven't, I saw. Oh, it. so you saw it? I didn't see it, Sean. What is it? What does it say? Uh, Chad, correct me if I'm wrong. He's ba- the comment's basically saying Russ isn't uh, Russian, want to be back, and the Lakers should do everything they can. I'm paraphrasing, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I'll look it up. in some way, shape, or form, it's basically the commenter saying. The Lakers shouldn't want Russ. They need to do everything they can to get him out of there. And uh, Russ liked it. I did see it. Um, paraphrasing a little bit. Okay, here it is. So here's the uh, exact quote. Said, someone commented, and Russ liked this comment, according to this yep. screenshot that we're seeing here. Said, please don't go back next year. Do whatever it takes to go somewhere else or even consider retiring. 
but leave the Lakers alone, dude, please. Okay, so I had the I had the other way around. And okay. he, he liked that that comment. It's the retiring thing, and I get I mentioned it, but that's kind of what interests me a little bit. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to retire this year, but no, he's not going to retire with 47 million due. But I, I think that he. I don't think Russ wants to be back. I don't. I don't think the Lakers want Russ back. I don't think Russ wants to be back. I think Rob Palenka said about as much as he could during his his uh, press conference about this without saying, oh, yeah, we're trying to trade him. Basically said, look, we're going to sit down with Russ. We're going to see what's what. We're going to figure things out from there. If if Russ tells, and he's talked about partnering with them and things like that, essentially, I'm expecting the Lakers and Russ to sit down, the Lakers to say, hey, this isn't working. Russ to say, yeah, that's not working. I want to leave. Lakers are going to say, okay, we'd like to help make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. And then they're going to do what they can to figure out a way to, to get him gone. No, Westbrook for Van Bleet, that's not happening. <laughs> that's another one where it makes no sense for the Raptors. Right. Yeah, they're they're not uh they're not gonna do that. Uh let's see, Lords of the Sky. What's up, Trevor and Sean? What's up? Thank you for doing what's these up, three shows a week. That's right. Remember, Friday, Friday's show, two o'clock Pacific time. We're gonna kick off the weekend. A little afternoon episode. Uh but Said, I need some Lakers Nation in my life. What's coming first, a trade or a new coach? I'm going to say a new coach. I'm going to say a new coach comes first before a, before a trade happens. But you never really know with the Lakers uh, how long it's going to take to find a coach. It might take some teams bowing out of the playoffs. But I'm going to say a new coach comes before. That's just That's just my gut. That's all. I hope it's a new coach. Uh, again, anything can happen. But I'm hoping for a new coach because, like I mentioned earlier, the head coach should be involved. And so I'm not saying the head coach is the end all be all. No, the GM, that's the GM's job still. But there should be some level of communication between the head coach and the general manager. In this case, Rob Palenka, whoever they hire. Because, like we saw this season, if it doesn't work, the coach is going to get fired. And Frank, you can't convince me Frank had any say in that roster. Um, but yeah, man, appreciate the, the comment. And uh, there's something tomorrow, I think, maybe even a little, little eyes emoji. Yeah, we'll have a little Twitter spaces going on uh, tomorrow. We're going to plan that for, um, I think, 10 o'clock Pacific time tomorrow morning. We'll do a little, little Twitter spaces, have the whole crew in and uh, and chat there uh, over on the, the Lakers Nation account. Uh, Andre yeah. said, seeing Caruso ball out hurts so bad. Yes, thank you for the super mm-hmm. chat, Andre. We did talk about Alex Caruso at the top here watching him play. I root for him and everything, and I hope he does well. But it does certainly sting it a little bit, stinks. especially when you know that was a self-inflicted wound. The Lakers, they the benefit of the rust trade was you didn't trigger the hard cap, so you could pay Caruso, you could pay THT. And the Lakers said, no, thank you. We do not want that advantage. We're going to let you walk away anyway. Ugh, it's, it's tough. You would think if Caruso comes back, maybe you don't get Malik Monk. You would think, right? If Caruso comes back, yeah, that's that's the. If we're gonna look at that, go back and say, well, if Caruso returns, does well, Malik Monk pool. join the Lakers, knowing that maybe there's a more of a logjam for minutes? Maybe not. Maybe not. Something to consider. Trying to be positive. Uh, Jorge Sandoval says THT a first and a second for Miles Turner. Uh, the math doesn't quite Contra, work on that. You'd have yeah. to add. It would have to be THT and none in order to make the math work on that for Miles Turner. Do you uh, do Westbrook, that? would I do that? Maybe? I don't know. 
I'm not sure. The, the future first, particularly if it's unprotected and that far out, you're almost certainly talking about the post-LeBron era. If I'm the Lakers, I'm being very careful with those future first because you're talking about post-LeBron. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it scares Although, me. It scares Rob, me. Rob, and again, this is why the whole, Rob, you have one year to fix this thing really screws everything up because Rob might go, hey, man, if that deal's on the table, hey, man, I'm probably not going to be the GM in 2027 yep. or 2020X, whatever the year is. Um, insert year, screw it, unprotected. And then the Lakers are screwed because the front off the organization and management said, Rob, you have one year to fix this. And Rob's like, oh, crap, I'm, I'm fine for my job. So I'm going all out, take it, whatever, no protect. So I'm a little worried about that, though. And that that falls on Genie. That falls on Genie Bus to, to recognize yeah. that scenario, where if Rob, if, if Rob is making a move that is going to hurt the franchise long term, that isn't worth it, it just in a desperation to try to to save things and save try to job. save his own job that's a that's not a good thing um so that and that'll be on genie bus to recognize that yeah in that scenario uh westbrook in a second draft pick for Ubre jr and gordon hayward westbrook and a first to get those guys again it's the end of first part that the first i'm a little bit wary of but maybe that's ultimately but again you've got to get lebron's got to say hey if you do this i'm staying and give me a one plus one and I'll stay, I'll tack on another season. Okay. Then it becomes a little bit more palatable to do that. Otherwise, mm -hmm. again, you could be worst case scenario. Suddenly 2023 comes around and you don't have LeBron and you have Gordon Hayward or whoever eating up your cap space. That's where you're really in trouble. So you got to be careful with that. And if LeBron picks up that one and one, all you're basically doing, especially if you get Gordon Hayward, is just saying, okay, let's we're pushing back the, uh, the offseason where we have a bunch of cap space in 2024. Because yep. then LeBron, he's in there for 2023. Gordon Hayward has two more seasons left, unless I'm wrong there. He has two more seasons two left more. under contract. Yep. Buddy Heald, I think, also has two more. Now Brogdon has four more, or maybe it's three. He, he has a little bit more time. Uh, Terry Rozier, he just re-signed. So those guys have a little more time on their deals. But all you're doing, basically, especially when LeBron comes back, is, cool, we'll commit, we'll go all in for another season. So then the Gordon Hayward trade or the Pacers deal, one of those deals, it makes it's a lot easier to make that deal now. Because then if you do that deal and LeBron's not committing, well, crap, we don't have the cap space anymore. But if LeBron's re-signing and LeBron's extending and coming back, it's like, okay, cool, we can just push our, quote-unquote, relaunch or retool, rather, with cap space. To 2024, because then it's AD. Um, if you do the Hayward trade in Ubre, then those two contracts should be off the books because Hayward's two years, and then Ubre, unless I'm missing something, Ubre's is a little bit shorter too. Then it's AD. If you bring back Austin Reeves, which hopefully they do and they don't botch that like they did Alex Caruso, and then THT, if for some reason he's still on the roster, on a player option. So you're just pushing it back. Or no, TSU would be gone because he yeah. would have picked it up. So, yeah, you're just pushing it back one more year. So that's another positive, if you will, of LeBron saying, I'm back for one more year, and um, you go and do that rush trade. Indiana's a little bit more complicated, or if you get Trey Rozier, it's a little bit more complicated. But that's another positive, if you will. Uh, Vector Nova with a Super Chat said, I love how so many people were complaining that we shipped out our youth. Yeah, but they're still calling for THT to be traded. Imagine putting Jordan Poole in the same situation as THT. Would he be as good? 
think it's a fair point. Uh, that, that said, Taylor Horton Tucker really hasn't shown a lot. So not not he's shown some things, but not as much as we were hoping this season. I think that's also fair to say. Yeah. But will THT be two, three years from now? Will we be looking at THT saying, hey, he's a pretty solid player? I think there's a decent chance that happens. The question is, will the Lakers uh, be in a situation where in order to find the pieces they need via trade, do they have to trade THD's contract right now? Can they wait for Taylor Horton Tucker to become what they will? I know it's frustrating seeing, oh, Brandon Ingram had a great game the other night and then and the Pelicans beat beat the Suns. Or you see uh, some other former Lakers play well. You say, oh, well, they, they traded away their young players. Yeah, but they won a championship too. And they don't, if they don't do that move, then they don't have a 17th NBA championship. So we always knew there was going to be a point where these players, because young players tend to do this, they get better. And at some point, they're probably going to look better. And at some point, you're saying, man, I wish they were on the team right now. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong move either. If the Lakers go land a piece for, in a THT trade this year, that works out, and they're back to contention next year, all the pieces fit and everything's great and you're off and running, there might come a point three years from now, four years from now, where THT is on some other team and he's looking really good. And you're saying, oh man, I wish, I wish he was on the Lakers right now. That's just, it's what you're giving up when you trade away young players. You're giving up their future in exchange for the opportunity to go do something right now. And in the Lakers case, it worked. They won a championship. That's it. Yeah. And don't get me started about people calling that a, a, a Mickey Mouse ring, whatever the heck they called it. Cause that's, that's crap. Um, but yeah, man, you know, you got to do what you got to do to try to win title. Mm-hmm. And if it takes trading THT, unfortunately, if he also with our luck, THT, if he gets traded, he's probably going to go out and drop 20 just because of our luck, man. Um, but, you know, if it means you win a championship because of a THT trade, if you trade THT and none and you get, I don't know, I don't know how likely this is, but you go get Jeremy Grant and that trade all in all, helps propel you to a title, you do that trade 10 times out of 10. Oh, yeah. Who cares if THT goes down and drops 20 in three years? We won a title. So, so this is, it's just if what happens when you trade young players. Yeah. It's also the upside where if the Lakers don't trade THT, you can say, well, you know what? That This means they have a guy, a young guy for the future, and hopefully they can build up his value. I will say that this year he was put in probably the worst possible scenario. Doesn't fit with Russ, who's going to yeah. play a lot of minutes, and then injures his thumb and his shooting hand when so much of his game depends on his jump shot. Not a great situation to be in. So I do think brighter days are ahead for Taylor Horton Tucker. Will he ever be what we're hoping he can be? I don't know. That's that's a question mark. Victor Torres, if the Lakers front office uh, pride takes over, uh, if the Lakers front office pride takes over reason to stick with uh, Westbrook, should the Lakers go after Scott Brooks? So if the Lakers decide we're not paying what it costs to trade Russ, we're going to keep him. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But do you go after Scott Brooks? Sure. He's on the list. I mean, if anybody's going to connect with Russ, it's probably Scott Brooks. But again, I, I don't think that's what this is going to wind up looking like. I think the Lakers will move Russ. I think Russ will want to be moved. And ultimately, they'll figure out some way to make that happen. But if in the unlikely scenario, Russ is back, Sure, I think you give Scott Brooks some consideration. Warranted. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna say no, only because I'm trying to keep some of the same logic I've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. But for like again, part of the reason why I said no, John Howard, because you're only getting him 
because LeBron and the Rob Polinka connect. And if you get Scott Brooks, you're pretty much getting it for a year yeah. for us. And now, now Scott's a decent coach. So if you're saying Scott's our guy, obviously has the connection with Russ, but we like him long term or whatever. We feel and like it's Scott Brooks. It comes down to Scott Brooks and Mike D'Antoni, sure. But like if if you just get Scott just because of Russ, I don't like that. And I'm getting, it's for the same reasons I don't like Juwan Howard as a fit, not as a fit. I don't like Juwan Howard as a, as a potential Lakers coach because you're getting him for eight for one singular guy where you're you need to get the top guy for your team going forward. And that's why I don't like John Howard. I don't, I wouldn't, I would say no to Scott Brooks for that. And that's, that's fair. Um, I don't think that would be the, if you're looking at Scott Brooks, you're looking at him as an accomplished NBA coach. And if he gets along Mm -hmm. well with Russ, that's the icing on the cake. You're not hiring him because he gets, if you're looking at it and you're, and you realize you're only bringing him in because of his relationship with Russ, then don't do it. Then you, then you don't problem. do that. Yeah, you, you simply yeah. don't do that. Uh, Andrew P. said, trade THT for Jordan Clarkson. Bring back a former Laker. You're getting a six-man. He's still young-ish. Well, he was older in the draft. I, I mean, not a bad win now piece. If, if, the, if the Jazz are looking to rebuild, maybe I think that there's certainly more versatility to, to THT's game long-term, but Jordan Clarkson's the better player right now. If you lose Malik Monk, if you have is- Malik Monk, don't go get Jordan Clarkson. There's too much skill set duplication there. If you lose Malik no. Monk and you use Kendrick Nunn in a trade, okay, maybe. Maybe, but you have to absorb the remaining years and, and all of that, so that becomes a, an issue. I literally texted you this, so I'm going to respond to this. Uh, hire Jay White, right. That's all I have to say. No. That's, I mean, I mean, I like it's, Jay Wright. I don't think it's It's happening. already being put out there that he, he's, he's like retiring, retiring, not... Not retiring, and then he's going to pop up somewhere else coaching. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. He, he's a little different than Jawan, and I do like Jay, White, Jay Wright. Dang it. I do like him a lot, but um, that's not happening. Same reason Coach K is not happening. Those are unrealistic. But again, I like, I like Jay Wright a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. You know, for an off-season show, here we are. We're at an hour and 20 minutes of, of Lakers basketball yeah. that we've been talking here. It's always fun being able to talk uh, throughout the off-season. And this is why we're doing three days a week. Because even when the Lakers aren't yeah. playing, there is still so much to talk about. So much going on. So I appreciate all of you joining us. Once again, our schedule for the off-season, Mondays and Wednesdays, 9 o'clock Pacific time. And then Fridays, 2 o'clock Pacific time. We'll kick off the weekend with a Friday show. On 2 o'clock Pacific, we are going to mix in some Twitter spaces and things like that. So make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Of course, follow the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And then make sure you follow our Twitter accounts at Trevor underscore Lane, at Sean underscore D-A-V-I over on Twitter, and the at Lakers Nation account over on Twitter too. That's probably where we're going to put the Twitter spaces chat that we'll have tomorrow. It's going to be right around 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. All right, guys. Appreciate Oh, Somebody said Trevor should be the Lakers team counselor. Well, then who would be here for all of you? All right. Come on, man. We can't. No. I'm not leaving you guys. <laughs> me, me and Matt wouldn't be able to survive without Trevor. So, yeah, man. Like, no. We need Trevor here. But appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.